This message was recorded at Fillmore Baptist Church in Princeton, Louisiana. Our goal is to faithfully preach the Word of God for the salvation of sinners, the strengthening of believers, and the glory of God. Please visit our website at www.fillmorebaptist.org and listen for more information at the conclusion of this message. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus tonight. Thank you, Lord, for gathering us here. We thank you for your Word. Lord, as always, as we open it before us, we look to You and ask that You grant understanding. Speak to us by Your Spirit, through Your Word, Father. I ask that You enable me to deliver the message You would have delivered here. And again, Lord, open our hearts to receive. Use use it to draw us closer to Yourself. Lord, may we be truly uh, sanctified by your truth. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, First Timothy <clears throat> chapter 4. First Timothy 4. <clears throat> we will continue our, uh, our uh, study here in First Timothy. Any questions before we get started tonight regarding what we've uh, what we've been talking about maybe maybe specifically uh, ch- chapter 3 verse 16 we spent quite a bit of time there okay <laughs> all right then we'll go to chapter 4 all right I'm going to read uh, verses 1 through 5 <clears throat> Well, I think I'm going to read 1 through 6. We're not going to cover that much, but I want to just kind of hear more of the context anyway. So I'm going to read verses 1 through 6. Now, the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. If you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith and of the good doctrine which you have carefully followed. Okay. Verse 1. Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith. The Spirit expressly or explicitly says, or the NIV says, clearly says. The Spirit clearly says. Interesting, isn't it? Paul says, now, the Spirit says. Doesn't that kind of put a question mark in your mind? How, How did the Spirit say? Did the Holy Spirit speak to Paul personally? Did it come through the mouth of a... uh 
of a, a, a prophet uh, through the gift of prophecy uh, in, in the assembly? Um, is he recalling words of Jesus? Jesus did uh, speak about these things. And is, is this his way of saying that Jesus said this? In other words, the Spirit spoke through Jesus. Um, well, he doesn't tell us, does he? Or we could say it this way, the Spirit doesn't tell us. <laughs> because the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the author of this book. Um, and the Holy Spirit doesn't let us in on how he revealed this to Paul. But the important thing is that he said. That's something that we need to always remember is that God speaks. He speaks. He has spoken. And it's, and it's in such a way that uh, it's, not, it's not over. I mean, it's like you could say it this way. It's like His voice is continually heard. God is speaking, and I've asked people before, you know, are you, are you listening? What I mean by that is, are you reading God's, God's Word? God is still speaking through His Word. And He's, He's speaking things so that we will know. This is, this is what Paul is doing here. The, the, the Spirit expressly says thus and so. He, he gives the church instruction regarding what the Spirit has said. In other words, the Holy Spirit is cluing us in on something so that it doesn't blindside us. He's giving us insight into the way things are going to be so that we know when they happen and so that we're not surprised or caught off guard, so that we know that God's plan is still continuing as, as He has purposed. Well, this, this is why it's important to know what the Spirit is saying, how, how the Holy Spirit is speaking to the church, how the Holy Spirit is speaking to individuals. What is, what is He revealing? And, of course, the best way to find that out is in the Word. In the Word. Re- reading the Bible. Reading the Bible is hearing God speak. Now, the Spirit expressly says, and again, uh, Paul's emphatic here, explicitly or, or expressly, in other words, he's, he's given very clear um, instruction. The Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith. Now, another interesting phrase there. Latter times, uh, probably parallel. Some verses say latter days um, or last days, like we saw in Hebrews one. Uh, in fact, that's also a passage concerning God speaking. Hebrews one one and two. I'll read you real quick. Uh, you may remember when we when we talked about it. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by His Son, whom He has appointed heir of all things, through whom also He made the world. So, writer of Hebrews says, God spoke at various times and in various ways, but in these last days He has spoken to us in His Son. He's spoken in a in a in a uh, in a full fuller way 
perhaps meaning a final way. God has spoken to us clearly in His Son in these last days. Well, we know from, from, uh, from that verse and others that we're in the last days. The last days began at Pentecost with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and the last days will continue until Jesus returns. And we don't know how long that time period is, but we're in the last days. So far, it's been 2,000 years. It could be all over before 8 o'clock tonight. could be another 2,000 years or more. We don't know, but we're in the last days. That's a reference to... The church age, the time between uh, Jesus' first coming and His second coming. Now, the question is, is this referring to the same time period? Or is this the last of the last days? Is, is, is Paul, when he, when he says, in latter time, he doesn't use the word days here, he uses the word times. Um, in latter times. So, so maybe he's meaning much later than the time he's living in. Or, or maybe he's already seeing it on the horizon. Maybe he's already be beginning to see these things come into play. The last day. Either way, um, we're in the last days and perhaps in the latter times that Paul is describing here. In fact, I'm going to see what he says, and I, I think uh, there's pretty good evidence that, that, that we're in the time he's speaking of. In the latter times, some will depart from the faith. And there's the warning. The Spirit expressly says, in the latter times, some will depart from the faith. And he wants the church, Timothy specifically, and the church at Ephesus, and all of us whom he's given his word to, to be aware that this is going to take place. In the latter times, some will depart from the faith. Well, we understand what depart means, right? It's when you when you leave something, leave something behind. You walk away from it. You move on. And what is the faith that he's talking about? Some will depart from the faith. Well, it's what he's been describing: the truth, the mystery of godliness um, that he's referred to in uh, verses fifteen. In 16, what he's been talking about all the way through here. The truth concerning the gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ. That God, we, again, verse 16, God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the Spirit, seen by angels, preached among Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in glory. As, as we said the last couple of weeks, that's, that is a, a Christocentric confession or hymn. It's Christ-centered. It's about Jesus Christ. The truth, or in this case, the faith, and I'm going to try to show you those are somewhat synonymous. Um, the faith that Paul speaks of here is Christ-centered. Just meaning it's all about Jesus. So he's talking about faith in Jesus. Some in the last day, latter times rather, will depart from faith in Christ. Now, 
there's already people in the world that don't believe in Christ when Paul is, is pinning this. Why, why, would he, why would he write and tell the church there are going to be some who depart from the faith? Well, because it, it, it gives the impression, at least, that what he's talking about is apostasy. Some who claim to believe for a while and then ultimately discount the true faith. Or, they claim to believe, and then they get into perversions of the truth. And so, while they profess allegiance to the faith, in reality they deny it. In other words, they, they're hypocritical. Let's go on and look at what he says in verse, again in verse 1 and 2. The Spirit expressly says, "...in the latter times some will depart from the faith." giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. Now, we read down through, uh, uh, let's see. Yeah, we read through verse 6. Let me, let me back up a little bit. Verse, verse 3 he describes some of the false doctrine that he's referring to. He gives a couple of examples. This, this wouldn't encompass everything. Just a couple of examples. Forbidding to marry. Commanding to abstain from foods which God has created to be received with thanksgiving. Uh, Lord willing, we'll probably talk more about that next week. But there's two examples um, of these uh, doctrines of demons. Uh, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods. Uh, probably, not, of course, not meaning all foods, but certain foods, uh, which should be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Now, what I, what I want to show you here is the reason I'm reading down this far, because he's making a contrast here between those who depart from the faith, verse 1, and verse 3, those who believe and know the truth. So you've got two groups of people. Those who leave the faith and then those who believe and know the truth. In other words, they, they have faith. So, so it's those who depart from the faith and those who remain in faith. Those who have faith. So, in a sense here, faith and truth are synonymous. I mean, we're talking about the same thing. There's a distinction in the terms, but what I'm saying is this. Biblical faith, the doctrine of Christ, that Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, became flesh dwelt among us, lived a sinless life, died on a cross at Calvary, was resurrected the third day, ascended into heaven, and is now seated at the right hand of God. Those facts that are central to biblical faith are truth. Faith in this sense. This, I think, because of the day and time we live in is an important point to make. 
Faith in this sense, and I'm not just talking about the, the faith in general, the world's idea of faith. I'm talking about biblical faith. Faith in Jesus Christ is grounded in truth. It's, it's truth. So, those who believe and know the truth adhere to the faith. And those who depart from the faith are, in essence, departing from truth. What is truth? <laughs> well, we could wrestle, wrestle with that one for a long time. Um, let me just, very simple, probably oversimplifying here, but this is about the best way I know to say it. Truth is what is. Or another way of saying it is truth, truth corresponds to reality. Of course, some people would say, well, whose reality? Your reality? My reality? So I like to say it this way. Truth is what is. And uh, I think we should be able to take real and reality as absolute objective terms. Truth is what is real. What I'm saying is this. Those who believe the doctrine of Christ, this is very simple. This is not rocket science, but, but listen closely, because what our society, what the world is telling us now is, is just the opposite of this, even though this is very elementary. Those who believe in Jesus Christ are, are believing in truth, reality. And those who depart from Biblical faith, belief in Christ, are accepting a lie. Look at verse 1 again. The Spirit, that is the Holy Spirit, expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Now, Paul the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul here, gives us insight into what's behind rejection of the truth. What, what misleads a person? Um, well, there are a couple things at play here, but what, what causes a person to not believe God's revealed truth? Why would somebody not... Let me, let's just say it this way. Why would somebody not believe the Bible? Uh, pres, presumably, us, we here, we, we believe the Bible is the Word of God, right? Inerrant, infallible... Yes, ma'am. Go ahead. That's right. Why would they choose a lie over the truth? Don't know it. They don't like the truth. They don't like the truth. <clears throat> that, that's b bottom line. Why are there unbelievers in the world? Let's, let's just put it real simple, because they don't like who God is. It's, it's not because they don't know. Romans 1 says they do know. They know the truth. 
Not that everybody has a, I'm not saying that everybody um, out there has saving knowledge, but they know there's a God. And what knowledge they do have about Him, what He has revealed in His creation, the way Paul describes it in Romans 1, they suppress. They, they reject it, and therefore they suppress it. Because they don't like what they know about Him. And so they trade that knowledge off for a lie. Now, there, real quickly, there are two things at play there. Um, one is indwelling sin, which he doesn't deal with right here in this passage specifically. I mean, he does, but he not, not, it's indirectly. But why would we do that? Well, indwelling sin, because we, we come into this world as sinners, which by definition means we're, we're in rebellion, we're God-haters. So, so that's the number one thing at play. I mean, why would somebody re- receive a lie over the truth? Because of indwelling sin. And the second thing is the influence of Satan. That's what Paul says here, doesn't he? They depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits. Well, not just Satan himself, but demons. Demons. They, so, they reject the truth, they depart from the faith, the truth of the gospel, and they give heed to, that is, they adhere to, pay attention to, deceiving spirits. And doctrines are teachings, you could say, teachings of demons. Now, why would they do that? Why would, why would somebody... Give heed to deceiving spirits. Hmm? They're, they're deceiving. Well, that, that, that is certainly true. Paul says that in 2 Timothy. He said they're dece- deceiving and deceived. What? They, they like it. How, how, do, how do demons deceive? They, in other words, they, they, they look at God, the living God, the biblical God, and they don't like what they see. They don't like Him. We. I could say we, because before, before the Lord saved us, we were in the same boat, in the same category. But... Yeah. That's right. That's right. And so they reject it. So what do the deceiving spirits do? What are the teachings of demons? Well, it would be things that, uh, myriads of things, but it would be things that would be pleasing, right, to the flesh. Ear tickling, right? They heat to themselves, teachers, uh, having itching ears, um, so, they receive the lie because it sounds good. Tells them what they want to hear. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and builds their ego. Um, this, this is why other religions, for example, are works 
oriented. Because you, 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 those are doctrines of demons. But it, it gives the impression that you can do something to be good enough to deserve God's favor. This is why atheists are atheists. It's doctrines of demons because it takes away accountability. They, they like being atheists because it removes accountability. If there is no God, then there's, there's nobody to be accountable to. If there's no God, there's no absolute truth. There's no right and there's no wrong. There, there's no morality except what we just make up and, and decide we like. This is why, again, atheists are atheists. This is why false uh, religions are filled with the people that they are filled with. They're deceivers. And yes, as Paul said, they're deceived. Um, 2 Timothy 3.13, for example, but evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Interesting, isn't it? Deceiving and being deceived. So they're, they're deceivers, and at the same time, they're being deceived. Because they've bought into a lie rather than loving the truth. And they themselves, verse 2, I'm back in uh, 1 Timothy 4, are speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. So they're, they're lying hypocrites, Paul says. The Spirit says. The Spirit says some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and teachings of demons, speaking lies in hypocrisy. They're, they're lying hypocrites. Let me, let me give you uh, what I think is a, a good example of that. Now, th- this can play out different ways, as, as I just mentioned. It can, it, can, it can manifest in the form of false religions. It can manifest in the form of uh, no religion, um, which I would say is still a religion. Uh, is, that, is that what you said, something to that effect? Or? <laughs> yeah, uh, Absolutely. Uh, I mean, atheism is the worship of self and, and the worship of man. Um, it manifests in false religion. religion. It manifests in, in no religion. It manifests in false Christianity. In other words, some claiming to have the truth, to know Christ, and yet, uh, all the while... Not doing His will. You know, they're really, really doing their own thing. Let me give you an example of that. Matthew 7. <clears throat> Matthew 7.13. Enter, this is Jesus speaking. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Beware of false prophets. 
This is essentially what the Holy Spirit is saying in 1 Timothy 4. Beware of false prophets. The Spirit expressly says, many will depart from the faith. Okay, again, Matthew 7:15. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Now, Jesus is describing some here who are um, very subtle because they, they pretend to be sheep. They pretend to be part of the flock. They pretend to be part of the church. Lying hypocrites. Again, verse 15. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. Talking about false prophets, right? Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. Verse 21, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Now, that may be an example there of what the Holy Spirit is describing in 1 Timothy 4. Lying hypocrites who have given in to uh, doctrines of demons, deceiving spirits, speaking lies in hypocrisy. And here, uh, Jesus says they will even lie to Him on the judgment day and say, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in Your name. We cast out demons in Your name. We've done many wonders in Your name. And He said, I will declare to them, I never knew You. Now, notice what Jesus says about uh, these hypocrites. Verse 21, Not everyone who says to Me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but... He who does the will of my Father in heaven. In other words, the ones who say, Lord, Lord, and will enter the kingdom of heaven are the ones who do the will of my Father in heaven. And then he goes on to describe these hypocrites who are cast out. And he says in verse 23, I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So there's a contrast there between those who do the Father's will and those who practice lawlessness. So they're, they're deceivers. They're hypocrites. They're, they're saying, Lord, Lord, but they're not doing God's will. Sometimes you, if, if you just read that on the surface... Uh, well, that's a frightening passage, isn't it? I mean, many will say, Lord, Lord, and shall not enter in. <laughs> but Jesus is clear about who He's talking about. Those who have, uh, in reality, rejected Him, rejected His will. They, they, they give Him lip service, but 
they are not doing the Father's will. They are living a life of lawlessness. And so here, the Spirit warns Timothy, uh, Paul to warn Timothy, Paul's warning Timothy, and Timothy warning the church, saying that times will come when these will arise. They're influenced by demons. They've adopted their teaching, that is, the teaching of demons. They're, they're living hypocritical lives, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscious conscience seared with a hot iron. That, that word there is where we get our word cauterize. Um... It's just the idea of, of uh, just being deadened to the point of no, no uh, sense, it's like desensitized. Hmm? No sense of feeling. No sense of feeling, exactly. Think about it for a moment. What we just read in Matthew 7. How could someone stand before the Lord Himself and lie to Him? Their conscience is seared with a hot iron. That is, it's just totally desensitized to truth. They have rejected the truth and traded it off for a lie. And they, as Paul says in Romans, are given over to reprobate mind. They may not appear so on the outside. Jesus says they come as in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravenous wolves. Well, we're going to have to pick up next week. Let me just let me just close with this. The church is is constantly. Let me say it this way: the truth, okay, the truth is under constant attack from outside, which we should expect, but also a lot of times from inside, or at least in the sense that it's coming from within. Uh, the ranks of those who claim to be Christian. It's not always the, the atheists and the agnostics and, and uh, the pagans. It's not always those them who are uh, attacking the truth. Sometimes there's people who stand up and claim to be Christian. They've left the faith, regardless of what they say. And this is what the Holy Spirit is saying, watch out for be on alert for they've they've walked away from the faith regardless of what kind of lip service they give to Christianity if they've walked away from the true doctrine of the person of Jesus Christ. In other words, Christianity is all about Jesus. It's all about God coming in the flesh, atoning for the sin of sinners, man, It's all about reality. And that's, that is reality. That is truth. Those who depart from the faith, as Paul has described here, biblical faith, have departed from the truth. What I want to do next time, Lord willing, is uh, 
get into the examples Paul gives here in verse 3, and, and then uh, we may probably can think of some others our own, our, ourselves. Um, definitely, I think uh, there's a departure going on in the so-called church and outside of the so-called church. We have today evangelical. I read articles all the time. Guys claiming to be evangelical preachers, priests, whatever, who, who talk about, uh, uh, you know, there being more ways to God other than through Jesus and all of this kind of thing, departed. They have departed from the faith. And in so doing, they have rejected the truth, what is really in truth, <laughs> objectively, reality. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, why is it, why is it important to know that? Because we've we've got to be ready to give an answer. You 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 meet it all the time, and you've got to confront it, uh, and and shed the light. Like she said, it, that kind of teaching is just increasing the darkness. What we can do by the grace of God is, is bring light on the situation. The truth is, we're all sinners. And Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. And He's the one and only way of salvation. And every single person, regardless of who they are, regardless of what they believe, every single person will stand before Christ in the end to give an account. <laughs> we need to watch those that are uh, in sheep's clothing. Mm-hmm. We need to listen to them with discernment. That's right. Because there's a lot of teachers, preachers, calling themselves teaching Christian doctrines. Mm. That's right. And they're leading many people astray. That's right. Because it's easy to lead That's exactly right. Exactly right. That's right. Study to show yourself approved, right? A workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Cutting it straight. Let's pray. Father, we are thankful for Your truth. Your revealed uh, truth that You've given us in the Bible. We're thankful for salvation through Jesus Christ. And Lord, we pray uh, for Your wisdom and enablement in, uh, in, in sharing this message. We're all sinners in need of a Savior. There's one Savior, Jesus. Again, we thank you and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. This sermon is made available through the ministry of Fillmore Baptist Church in Princeton, Louisiana. 
Our desire is to faithfully proclaim the message of salvation which God has provided in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord. For more resources and information, please visit our website at www.fillmorebaptist.org. You may use the links there to contact us or write us at Fillmore Baptist Church, 6304 Highway 80, Princeton, Louisiana, 71067.